We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for October 25th, 2015. Uh, and again, continuing with this report, um, be on page two to three of the PDF for this date. Um, a recent RT report reports our declining food system with the destruction of farms and reliable food sources. We're told only 4.6 million Americans have means to feed themselves as only approximately 2% of the U.S. population live on farms. Well, again, if you're on a farm and you're growing soybeans, that, that's that's not a means to feed yourself. I mean, you want I mean, if, if you started going out in there and, and eating that toxic garbage, it'd kill you. You know, I mean. So, I mean, again, just because you live on a farm doesn't mean you have the ability to feed yourself. Okay, they they've got the farmers doing this big. It's like big farmer for agriculture, essentially. And um, where it's all about just production, putting out the most amount of low-quality GMO, Monsanto, Terminator, Roundup-ready seed products that they're producing that should not be fit for human consumption. And to me, that's not farming. All you're doing is basically, um, well, it not you're not funding your own destruction, but, but you're doing your part in the destruction of humanity. If you're a farmer doing that stuff, you know, I mean, <laughs> well, it's the only way I can make a living. Well, whatever. I, you know, we all have choices to make. You know, the Bible says the fruit of the righteous, you know, the labor of the righteous tendeth to life. Okay. So whatever you're doing, if you're a righteous person, should tend to life, not death. So you wouldn't want to be a Christian out there being a drug dealer. Or as far as I'm concerned, a pharmaceutical rep. Or something like a bartender. Um, whatever you do, we should strive to tend to life. Okay? To promote life. Not to, not to defile life. Not to mess life up. Not to shorten life. Okay? In the lives of the people that we're interacting with. And if you're in a bad job or whatever, and, you know, I'm, all I can tell you to do is to pray and to fast about it. To get really serious with God, and I do believe, and I know that He can open a door for that. Um, but that's the best advice I can give you. I don't, I don't have all all of the answers, but I know God does. God does have all the answers. So, um, going further, it says. So I'll just repeat the last sentence. We're told that only 4.6 million Americans have the means to feed themselves, as approximately. Uh, 2% of the population live on farms. He reminds us that the average American is a long way from food if the shops close down. Again, this is why, if at all possible, whatever you could have done and can do with prepping regarding long-term food storage, re regarding um, ways to purify water. I will say this. I did listen to a report this week on Alex Jones, and that guy that he's got on there, that doctor that developed that new, it's like a, it's like a mega, mega big Berkey or Pro-Pure, it sounds like. Those filters are actually getting out. Now, the thing about that, so you know, is they'll say, well, yes, we can uniformly get fluoride and sodium um, fluoro fluorosilicate, which is the sodium, um, the, the, the uh, fluoride byproduct that's even worse than fluoride. We can get that out uniformly. Okay, that's all well and good, but what does uniformly mean? Well, I checked the website, I checked the filter, and it's 88% of the fluoride and the fluoride hexosilicate or whatever. Okay. Now, that's better than any other filter I have ever seen. 
like the other ones like Big Berkey and Propure, they're you're like in the forty percent range, I, I believe. It's it's not very good. And uh, granted, I'd rather it be ninety nine point nine like everything else, but that filter is by far the best gravity filter that I've ever seen. Um, they they seem very reputable. It's not like and I'm not endorsing Alex Jones. It was the it was the actual MD or I think he he was some type of doctor that developed this that he was interviewing, and um, uh, I would have to say it's the best one I've ever seen. I mean I, I can't see. I mean everything else that's removing from heavy metals to bacteria to, to protozoa to to um, everything else is like ninety nine point nine plus percent. So it's. You know, the Bible says in Daniel that in the end times, knowledge will increase. Okay, so there's a lot of bad knowledge that's being used for our destruction. What we kind of look at sometimes on a weekly basis here. But there's also a lot of good knowledge that is out there that if we will hunt for it, like, like the Bible talks about, like hunting for wisdom or searching for wisdom, like one that would search for gold or silver or rubies, if we would put that type of, of effort into finding, and that's my whole life is doing that. I'm trying to always find products that, or maybe not products, but, but uh, systems or products or applications. And this is why I have the health newsletter a lot too, because I try to put a lot of these things in the health newsletter that I can't, that I don't have time to go over on a weekly basis. But that's why it's important to look at those. And, and to see if there's some um, niches in your life that, that where, where you have some holes or gaps, um, a lot of times at one time or another, I'm going to provide some type of, of, of resource or link to those things. And a lot of times I have Word docs as well I've put together that I can email out to people to, to try to help them, to try to help them um, from being destroyed for lack of knowledge. And, and there's, there's amazing advancements taking place now. In, in a lot of different areas. In the end times, knowledge is increasing. It's increasing exponentially. Okay? Thanks, you know, in part due to the internet. I know the internet is, is a, a lot of, there's a lot of evil on the internet, but there's also a lot of, of um, it, it's been also used as a, as a tremendous educational tool to those that have ears to hear and hearts to receive. And I don't mean all the, the stuff up there is good. You gotta, you gotta really pray for discernment and wisdom and weed through a lot of stuff. Um, but those filters... Uh, that particular unit, and I think it's he's got it on special for like 170 something. I'm not saying buy it through Alex Jones. I'm saying you know do your research, buy it wherever you want to buy it. Um, but um, it's 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 a very very. It would be a very very good thing if you're drinking, God forbid, tap water. You would want to at least bare minimum get one of these. And filter your water through it because anything before this that was gravity fed it didn't get out the fluoride hardly i mean it got maybe 40 percent that's to me that's not good enough i mean 88 percent i'd like it more but it's way better than anything i've ever seen fluoride is incredibly hard to get out of the water it's it's, it's the most I, I believe it is the hardest thing reverse osmosis there's a lot of controversy i don't believe it gets it out uh not 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 to the not to the levels that it needs to be gotten out um, regular filtration of water, of tap water that has fluoride, it does not get it out. Okay. The carbon filters like that, the things like the Brita's and the pure, uh, those type pure things, they, they, they get out the chlorine and, and the, uh, and, and some of the bacteria and stuff like that. And they're better than nothing, but, um, fluoride is one of the main ways 
things they're putting in the water system. They're putting in the toothpaste. They're putting it's the main ingredient in Prozac. Did you know that? Yeah, it's the main ingredient in Prozac and a lot of these mind-altering serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Yeah, fluoride. Why? Because it burns out your brain. It burns out the, the lower brain lobes in your brain, which control your will to resist. So if they can burn out enough of our brains, we're not going to care. And have you seen an epidemic of apathy among people in general, particularly the ones that would be on meds? Eh, man, whatever. It doesn't affect me as long as, you know... You know, my sports team's doing good, or, 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 or um, I don't know, Kim Kardashian's fine, or, or Caitlyn Jenner, which I actually heard, I've been hearing more um, things now, that he never even had the surgery. He still has all his male parts, and that was all a lie. So that's what I'm hearing now. I, I You know, I don't know. So anyway, it's kind of hard to nominate somebody for female of the year when you are a man. You know, but hey, what what matters? What all that matters is Caitlin. Um, so these are just some things to think about. I'm just throwing out there. Um, let's go further here. Food food supply logistics stretch thousands of miles, and shops have only a few days supply. We're told, and any of us who have lived through a snowstorm in the D.C. area or the Northeast knows how quickly shops clear out when anything more than a few inches of snow is projected. A story from The Hill just days ago told us that according to a study done by a group within the office of the Director of National Intelligence, the risk of food scarcity is likely to rise in some places over the next decade. Oh, you think? I mean, they're, they're doing everything they can do to defile and decimate the supply of food sources, um, particularly in America and, and elsewhere. And so, of course, you're going to have this happening. Putting those areas at risk of social and political unrest. Desmog blog, the Desmog blog, told us days ago that the food industry itself warns of devastating food shortages that will be potentially life-threatened. So they're even giving you a heads up because the Illuminati always has to kind of give you a heads up in order to fulfill their Luciferian um, way of doing things. Okay. So now, sidebar here. I have a comment about this. I got this email this week. From a company that, um, um, it's a good company, they sell great products, uh, really can save a ton of money up here on organic foods and stuff like this. I've even put out links to them, and um, but I couldn't believe it when I got this from them. And I e immediately emailed them, and I'm, I'm going to show you what I emailed them. And it was an email I got from them, entitled, Skip the Chicken, Crickets Are the New Hot Protein. And... I, it was basically about this cricket-based protein source, this cricket protein flour source that they were using in these bars they were selling, these like food bars. And I'm thinking, wow, this is like the first step to the Soylent Green, you know what I mean? So I try to fight this stuff wherever I see it, it's rearing its ugly head. I mean, these are people that generally have more money to spend if they can afford to buy organic. Why are you marketing a bar that's based in cricket protein? I wrote the company, and um, I wrote the company this. I thought I misread this when your company sent me this email. This is disgusting. Sorry, this is my opinion, but I see no way you're going to make converts to buy into this and market this to the masses. This would be a last-ditch protein source to a starving population can understand if we were in a third world country, okay, 
but they're already it's like they're trying to get us in that mindset oh crickets are good let's eat crickets and i researched this a little bit and one comment about the subject of eating crickets read the legs stay in your mouth for a good while that's probably the worst part this is when you eat a cricket raw i thought the eyes would be the hardest the legs look like violin bows with hair or are they serrated like tiny little awful knives? The torso is also unsettling. It's a dull gray-brown suit of armor, dirty like an infant lobster. But eating eyes is uncomfortably intimate. You can see death in its eyes. Wait, no, the torso is definitely unsettling as well. There are, bone, are there bones and guts in there, right? No food marketer ever bragged now with 20% more bones and guts. I mean, you look at a bowl full of dead crickets and it's like, I'm sorry, you know? You're not going to sell me on that. And it's all about what we will put up with, what we are conditioned to accept. Okay, so I just wanted to kind of throw that in because it was, I, I got that this week and, and I was going to cover the subject anyway. That was kind of pertinent there. Um, a recent story from the street tells us that according to executives from some of the food's biggest industry players, one of the most significant future risks to the packaged food industry isn't consumers losing interest in their products. It's the difficulty in delivering products of any kind amid a shrinking water supply. And while each of these stories lays the blame for what we're facing upon, quote, climate change and global warming, which is always the typical thing, so that way they can take away all of our rights. They create the problem, or they create the assemblance of a problem, okay? And Even though, like, the whole global warming thing has been disproven over and over and over and over again, and they're just cooking the books. They're, they're trying to get us to buy into some narrative so that we'll agree to carbon taxes and we'll agree to give up all of our rights and move into stack and pack cities and live in 10 by 10 little boxes. That's where it's all going with the global warming thing, okay? And, um, oh, and, and eating soylent green, obviously, too, as well. That all is all part of it. Um, all we need to do is take a look at the re this recent story from E&E &E News to understand that it's much worse than that. Now, the headline of their story alone should be enough to awaken the still sleeping masses, yet they slumber onwards completely unaware of what awaits them and totally unprepared for what may soon hit them. And it's entitled, and again, I put these reports out all the time in my health newsletters. I'm on their email list. I get emails from them. Mind-blowing die-off of seabirds underway from California to Alaska. Experts say this is unprecedented, worst I've ever seen. Um, why they're dying, I'm still baffled. Every bird we're seeing is starving to death, basically withering away, catastrophic molting due to unknown cause. Well, it's Fukushima. The Fukushima radiation is killing all the fish in the Pacific. So there's no fish for the birds to eat. So now the birds are all starving and dying. And this isn't even on the news. It's totally, totally in, suppressed on the news. I mean, as much as they're doing to humanity, they're doing equally as much to kill off God's creation as far as birds and animals and, and fish and, you know, they're dying in far greater numbers, actually. Many have clearly forgotten that what we do to our oceans, we do to ourselves. How long until all this comes crashing down on us? We are officially being told in this e, &E News story is quite alarming, and these are more reports. San Francisco Chronicle, October 15th. This was just 10 days ago. Thousands of common mirrors, I believe is a type of bird, have been found dead. All signs point to starvation from a lack of forage fish. Fukushima's killing all the fish. All the radiation that's been pouring out from Fukushima, they're doing nothing to abate it. It's all by design. It's all about annihilating the planet. 
to give them the excuse to come and say, well, yeah, we're going to finally fess up to this, but now we've got to just take away all your rights. We've got to move you to these cities. We've got to uh, take the Second Amendment away. You know, you're going to have to eat this because there's nothing else better. I mean, I'm telling you, this is where this is all going. Marine ecologist Christian Lundquist said this, all signs point to starvation from lack of forage fish, said adding the same problem has been documented along Oregon, Washington, and Alaska. And who, where, what are the waters that are going to receive the Fukushima radiation? Well, that's, that's the opposite side of the Pacific. Those are the waters where the, the currents tend to flow. And that's where all these birds are dying and all of the marine and aquatic life are dying as well. Um, many endemic marine birds and mammals are suffering. Here's another report from International Bird Rescue, September 22nd, 2015. The report is entitled, An Unprecedented Number of Exhausted Hungry Seabirds Continue to Flood International Bird Rescue's San Francisco Bay Center. So these poor birds are like exhausted. There's no food to eat, and they're just like exhausted to the point of death. Poor things. Um... And the sight of so many starving seabirds has raised red flags among seabird scientists. Red flags? It's, it's, it's no mystery what's causing this. Like, red flags. Like, we don't know. What a lie from the pit of hell. Next one. Santa Cruz Sentinel. September 25th, 2015. A troubling number of starved and weak seabirds are washing ashore on beaches from the Monterey Bay to Alaska. We were just at the Monterey Aquarium last year. Taylor and I. It was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, you know, um, it, it's a really uh, amazing place. They've actually got tidal things that actually replenish the water in there. And, and um, oh, this is just terrible. There's been die-offs in the past, but this is one of the worst I've seen, said Lupin Egan, an animal technician. And I, you know what? I'm sure they've got they we've got the technology to neutralize this radiation. I, I am 100% sure. With the technology they've got, they could do it. But see, Satan is going to try everything on the planet to stop that from getting out and, and to stop this from happening. You know? So it's something w that we should pray about because this will, I mean, if the oceans die, we die. Because the plankton are the primary producers of oxygen on the planet. Not just the trees. The plankton actually produce more quite a bit more than even the trees do so if the oceans die it's just a matter of time before the humans die too and the animals you can't have dead oceans and a thriving land masses around them it doesn't it just doesn't work that way and we're going to talk more about the oceans coming up here then there's another link here it's the total blackout of fukushima truth by the u.s media there's a link you can click on i'm not even going to get into it sailors suffer and die while the denial continues all the people that went over there originally from our military they're dying to help with the cleanup effort they're all dying if they're not dead already um just terrible stuff you know stuff to pray about um then we have this report and this relates to what we're talking about here. And, and, and again, this is going to be where all of these problems that are all being created by design, you're going to have people like Bill Gates and the founder of Google, which, and again, the title is Bill Gates and the founder of Google work, working feverishly to eliminate meat consumption. Okay, Because they're going to say, look at the, the, the horrors of factory farming. Hey, they've got a great point. 
But all of that's been done by design, okay? And so what they do is they create this horrific problem that is very easy to document, and then you have the rendering place that we were just talking about, and then you say, well, what's the solution? Well, what we need to do is start to grow meat in a test tube in the labs or eliminate it altogether or have your soylent green. And, and, and all of these crises are being created so that they will bring us to that point because it will look like we have no other options, even though they're the ones that created it all in the beginning and continue to perpetuate it. Eating meat could become a thing of the past if two of the biggest names in technology get their way. Microsoft founder Bill Gates and Google co-founder Sergey Brin, both two just totally evil devils from the pits of hell, are both promoting the idea that meat is bad for the planet and needs to be replaced. See, the devil also knows that if we don't have access to any kind of good meat, that that does affect us. You generally don't see people that are full vegans out there fighting the new world order and going crazy because there are, it's very 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 hard to be a a vital uh, a a vegan that is full of vitality i'm not saying it can't be done okay i'm not saying it can't be done but it's not easy to do there's certain amino acids that you just don't tend to get in a vegan diet okay there's a lot of of trace minerals and minerals that you don't typically get very much of like um, iron and, and certain things like that um, flora production is usually off I'm not saying it can't be done but I don't believe it's biblical and I'm gonna I'm gonna go over that in a second okay I believe this is about creating a weak sickly easily dumbed down and led population and if they can get us all buying into the thing that we've all got to become vegans that's part of the problem that's part of their plan to do that um, and I'm going to get into this in a second. Each of these billionaires, and, and look who's promoting it. I mean, look who's saying, we've got to all be vegans. We've got to eliminate meat. Bill Gates, okay, one of the most evil, wicked devils that has ever walked the planet. Bill Gates, that is doing more. He's literally given billions to the vaccine um, crusades over in Africa to kill off the indigenous African populations. It's vaccines are the solution to everything for Bill Gates. And, and that very same devil is telling us that we need to stop eating meat. And then you have Google, one of the most wicked, evil, spy-on-you companies. You greet all kind of garbage when you, know, you, 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 you utilize them online as far as they're the most invasive spying company that there is. They're an evil company. They're also saying it. So... All I need to do is see what side they're on and what they're promoting and what they're pushing to know that it's evil. Each of these billionaires are now actively promoting meat alternatives as an attempt to get people to stop being carnivores. Gates is promoting plant-based alternatives to meat such as soy, of course GMO soy, and Bryn, the Google guy, has gone much further and financed an experiment in which beef is grown in test tubes. Yummy. Now, I've done a teaching on this a long time ago, and this is a uh, from January 7, 2007. Okay, so quite a while back there, you know, um, like eight years. And it's entitled, Is the Hallelujah Diet and Vegetarianism Biblical? So, George Malcolmus, Hallelujah Diet. I don't know how big it is now and heard a lot about it lately, but it was real big there for a while. I did a teaching on this to see if what he was saying was biblical. Genesis 129 teaches a vegetarian diet. Genesis, though. Okay, this is pre-flood. 
teaches a vegetarian diet, but it only applied to the generations before the flood. Jehovah quickly added every kind of animal flesh after the flood in Genesis 9-3. Well, I wouldn't say every kind of animal flesh, but animal flesh. And God called, I mean, if you look at the Levitical dietary guidelines is what I mean. And God called this, this a blessing on Noah and his sons. And let's just read these verses. Genesis 9, verse 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air and upon all that moveth upon the earth and upon all the fishes of the sea. Into your hand are they delivered. Why? As food. That's why they're delivered into your hand. And God said this. Okay? Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, meaning meat meaning food. And again, obviously we look at the Levitical dietary guidelines. We have to clarify that. But um, even as the green herb have I given you all things. Now I'm not saying we're bound by the Levitical dietary guidelines, but there is wisdom in there is the point. Okay? Um... And, but the flesh of the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall ye not eat. That's a perpetual covenant. That applies to today as it did back then. Okay, you don't eat the blood in the meat. But Reverend George Malcolmus, who is partial in the word of God, ignores this change in diet that God directed and that God's people have followed for the last 4,500 years. The first rule of Bible study is to never take a single text to teach some something different from the rest of the bible see second peter 120 george malcolmus needs to repent of his dishonesty and spend more time with his bible instead of his juicer okay i'm not against juicing or any of that stuff i'm not saying that he doesn't have the right to be a vegetarian but for him to go around and say that it's unbiblical to eat meat is a lie from the pit of hell when noah got off the flood things had changed okay and if you look at ken hoven's studies on pre-flood environment okay things were greatly different pre-flood okay you had double the atmospheric pressure you had double the oxygen because of the canopy that was over the earth that was dissolved during the flooding process both the fountains of the deep broke up and the canopy overhead dissolved essentially and this is where we got all of this water enough to cover the highest mountain peaks on the planet where all the flesh died save noah and all the animals on the ark okay Prior to that, when we had that canopy over the earth, not only did it filter out all of the ultraviolet bad radiation that we would get exposed to today, okay, but what also changed is it kept the, the world in like this canopy and the oxygen content was double and we probably had a lot higher uh, oxygen content from um, potentially plankton and from the animals or from the uh, plants that grew bigger and produced more oxygen and the atmospheric pressure was double now how do i know that because they've done studies where they've taken amber that they found from post pre-flood okay the antediluvian period i guess it's referred to um that they have taken amber uh, which is like this liquid substance and they have found air bubbles in the amber and they have drilled into them and at the point of impact they have tested what was the atmospheric pressure of the oxygen because you can test that because it's sealed it was like a time capsule for that era and what was the oxygen content double the oxygen content double the atmospheric pressure now if we lived in that environment where we were getting none of the bad uvs okay the uv radiation was all being filtered out and we had double the atmospheric pressure 
and we had double the oxygen content, guess what? It would be like living in a big hyperbaric chamber 24-7 where you weren't getting any kind of the bad rate. That's how they lived to be 900 and something years old and grew twice as big. They were much bigger than we. They would be considered giants by our standards today, the people then. Notice, after the flood, that's when the lifespan started going down. Because we were being exposed to the radiation, not because we started eating meat, but see, when we got off the flood, we needed the meat. We didn't need it before the flood because there were certain things that were compensated on there before the flood. Okay, there were certain things that, that overrode the need to eat meat, like double the atmospheric pressure, like double the oxygen content, like not getting any UV, UV radiation. That made a huge difference. And evidently, we didn't need to eat meat in that environment. It started out the Garden of Eden, remember, okay, which was perfect. Then sin entered in, and then, but God didn't break up the canopy. He didn't break up this, this, this um, thing until after the flood. And when they got off the flood, that's why God said, um, every fowl there, everything that moved upon earth, and the fishes of the sea are delivered into your hand. You know? And um, that's why he said that. Every moving thing liveth shall be meat for you. Why didn't he say that before the flood? Because it was a totally different atmospheric environment. And that's how they lived to be 900 plus years and grew twice as tall. And that's why after the flood, the lifespans greatly at that point started to diminish. Okay. So just that's why this all happened. So saying that it is, it is biblical now to be a vegetarian is unbiblical. There is no Bible for that. If that's, if that's what you want to do, that's your choice. I'm not going to tell you you can't do that. I mean, oh, yes, we have liberty to do that. I'm not saying that, that, that you sin, but if you're going around teaching everyone else that if you're eating meat, you're sinning. Okay, granted, I can understand if you're saying factory farm stuff because of the points I've mentioned. Okay, I get that, but that's, that's, a, different, that's a different concept there. I mean, but just to eat like free-range organic meat, no. I mean, that's, 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 it's vital for us at this point, okay? And, and Satan wants to take that away because he knows that's one attribute of our health that God did commission in Genesis here. So, um, anyway, I want to just go over that. Now, let's go further. If what you're doing is not seen, and, and I give you the link to my teaching on this. It's the links right here. I give you the PDF link and the, and the um, link to the audio, okay? So, Going further, if if what you're doing is not seen by some of the people of science fiction, it's probably not transformative enough. This is the Google. I had to pause there for a sec. Sorry. Um, that's the Google guy, and um, in a video promoting, you know, the subject. This is what he's talking about. Gates has said the future of meat is vegan, like soy faux meat. You know. Like they have these soy burgers and stuff. Oh boy, can't imagine something about worse you could put in your body. The Google Burger. Bryn contributed $405,000 of his own money to a project to grow hamburger from cow stem cells at Massastricht University in the Netherlands. The scientist behind the project, Mark Post, succeeded in growing a burger that was successfully cooked and eaten in London last year. By our technology, we actually are producing meat. It's just not in a cow, Post said. A few cells we take from the cow can turn into 10 tons of meat. 
Now, again, this is all very, very, very unnatural, obviously, what we're talking. Test tube meat, okay? And obviously, there's no Bible for getting into this type of genetic DNA um, mass production of meat, okay? Obviously, this is just part of the whole transhumanism agenda, really, at the end of the day. Post takes stem cells from a cow and uses them to grow meat using techniques similar to those used to grow skin for skin grafts and other medical procedures. Bryn believes that the modern meat production is wrong and unethical. I do too. For factory farming, sure. The, the rendering stuff we were just, sure, I, I get that. Okay. Um, but again, that's being done by design. Okay. On purpose to maximize profit, to defile us as much as possible through factory farming he told the guardian that he's concerned about the welfare of cows their sentiment echoes and, and so am i but you know again you have to look at okay who's behind what agenda and what what is is this the alternative satan is presenting as an alternative and this is what you're dealing with here satan's alternative um some critics also say that Bryn's burger is the next logical step in the industrialized food industry instead of helping animals Bryn could be helping big food making billions in the future. Gates' opposition to meat has taken a different course, but employee employs many of the same language, much of the same language. Instead of financing cow stem cell research, Gates is promoting companies that turn plant-based products into meat substitutes. The billionaire has posted a slideshow promoting his ideas and an interview with author Michael Pollan at his website. Gates recommends two companies, Beyond Meat, Nice, and Hampton Creek Foods, which are marketing vegetable-based alternatives to meat. If we shift our thinking about what we eat and how it gets to our plates, we'll be more open to the food innovations that are out there, Gates wrote. It's like Satan giving me a morality lesson. And then you have other reports that relate to this, and I'm just going to give you the titles here. What's really in the burger? E. coli and chicken feces, both allowed by the USDA in factory farm meat. Okay, so you can get chicken feces and E. coli now in the meat, and it's legal. Okay, if you eat in this, the next report, if you eat red meat, you've been eating recycled chicken feces thanks to the FDA. Again, I don't have time to go into all these reports, but I do give you the links here. Then another one, following mad cow disease, now your chicken meat contains arsenic. And that's a well-known thing that there's a lot of arsenic in the chicken feed that gets into the chicken tissue. Arsenic's obviously, you know, one of the things that people use to kill themselves with, okay? Um, the poultry industry, like the beef industry, is steeped in evil practices. Absolutely. Totally. Factory farming is wicked and evil. Now, let's go further. Um... This is entitled, Germ Warfare Covertly Waged on U.S. Citizens Since the 1950s. I wanted to keep the kind of the theme today on how they're just, all these different ways that we've been lied to, defiled physically, um, that we're being tricked and deceived, all of the ways that we could potentially be being destroyed for lack of knowledge. And this is the kind of the theme for this teaching today. And um, this starts out by saying military, the military tested biological warfare in major U.S. cities at least 239 times. Okay? So they're literally testing whole population centers in the U.S. 239 times and not telling nobody. How is that legal? How is it legal for our government to test us 
like guinea pigs with potentially virulent substances and we we have no clue about it though this has been this has been going on since the 1950s the united states military produced a classified film in 1952 documenting covert operations for offensive biological and chemical warfare on september 30th of 2015 this film was finally declassified due to a foia request from the government by attic.org the u.s navy training film and here's here's a little picture of the part of the film it says what you should know about biological warfare a little thing we're gonna we're gonna watch this real quick um the u.s navy training film titled naval concepts of biological and chemical warfare this document tests uh are about tests conducted on the western and eastern coastlines of the united states let's just listen in here The United States military produced a classified film in 1952 documenting covert operations for offensive biological and chemical warfare. Biological and chemical warfare have two principal objectives. To reduce the enemy's production of food by destroying his crops and his food-producing farm animals. So they were even thinking about this back then. How could we reduce their food production and kill off all of their animal and cattle? And obviously, if it's going to do that, it's also going to kill the population as well, you know. So they've been thinking about this for a long time, ways, ways they could defile the food system, the agriculture, the animals, and the humans. And to incapacitate the enemy's armed forces and that portion of his human population that directly supports them. The Navy is preparing to accomplish these objectives with both biological and chemical agents. Remember, this is the first first time since 1952 this was just declassified it's 2015 okay like 63 years later or whatever that we're actually finally now getting this information out i mean but again in the end times knowledge shall increase so see a lot of the things that they've tried to cover up over the years they're having a hard time keeping the lid on it still due in large part to alternative media. And I'll give the Lord Jesus Christ the credit for opening these doors. People may be uh, praying about this type of information and then, and then God um, allowing these things to come to the surface. On September 30th, 2015, this film was finally declassified due to a FOIA request from governmentaddict.org. The U.S. Navy training film titled Naval Concepts of Biological and Chemical Warfare documents tests conducted on the western and eastern coastlines of the United States. Navy delivery and dispersion of the agents started with tests made in 1950. A rather crude spraying system was installed on a mine layer, which in September of that year secretly cruised off California and sprayed... They're literally showing a ship off the coast of California with this these spray bars in the back and there's four guys there they're probably they were probably dead within a year and they're spraying this substance into the air and and this is what i mean they're they're showing real pictures of this footage some 50 gallons of biological simulant along a track two to five miles offshore within an hour the simulant had been carried ashore by the wind Sampling tests indicated that about 48 square miles of heavily populated area were contaminated. Had it in this is from 
one rinky-dink ship spraying, I mean, almost at, like, you know, 9, 10, 11 feet above sea level. And they had 48 square miles contaminated within this short period of time? Can you imagine what the chemtrail planes are doing? Infectious agent been used in the spray. There might have been 210,000 casualties. With that so have they used something like, like let's say, uh, sarin nerve gas or some type of biological weapon that kills you real quick? You could have had mass, mass casualties. And they're admitting to this. Experiment successful. The southeast coast of the United States was selected for a larger scale test. The rather flat terrain would be favorable to wide dispersion of wind-borne particles. It was determined that the track along here, from 5 to 15 miles offshore, should do the job. Okay, so the track they're showing is from, they're offshore, off the eastern coast, and off of North Carolina, South Carolina, it looks like the top of Georgia. In that area is, is where they were doing this. Accordingly, in April 1952, the USS Tercel cruised along some 100 miles of coastline, spraying 250 pounds of fluorescent tracer particles. The operation lasted about eight hours. Sampling tests made throughout North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia indicated that an area of some 20,000 square miles received these particles. Proving that it is possible to contaminate extremely large land areas by releasing sprays at sea under the proper weather conditions. This dubious experiment, known as Operation Sea Spray, resulted in 11 people being admitted to the hospital with severe urinary tract infections and the death of Edward Nevin, a man recovering from prostate surgery. The military never responded to the Stanford University Hospital doctor's investigation, and the incident went down as the first recorded outbreak of serratia in the history of microbiology. The now declassified Navy film depicts the beginning of what would spiral into the military testing biological warfare at least 239 times in major cities up and down the coastline of the United States. The test went on... So they repeated this 239 times, you know, all without any consent of the population whatsoever i mean if that's not satanic i don't know what is but then again they spray us every day with chemtrails without our consent either planned until in 19 and fluoridate the water and put chlorine in and all and the, the sodium fluorosilicate which has tons of other chemicals in it i mean and then what they're doing to the food i mean it's all of this is is premeditated murder is what it is Richard Nixon issued an order to end the germ warfare operations and the stockpiling of biological agents. As a result of the horrors detailed at the Nuremberg trials following World War II, a Nuremberg Code was established. The first point of that code being that required is the voluntary, well-informed, understanding consent of the human subject in a full and legal capacity. As now, again, that is absolutely true, and that is even something you could cite to this day, the, the whole Nuremberg thing. And I'm just going gonna to click on my, my file I have on vaccinations because that's one of the things that um, uh, some of the, I guess, people in the know say you should cite if they're ever trying to force a vaccine on you. And I'm going to try to find this. Because my, my files now are just so gigantic that I can hardly keep up with, um, like, where stuff is even at. 
Okay, I found it, and it's uh, this is from Global Research, June of 2013. It says, it looks like the governments around the world will either force these vaccinations on the public or launch a massive propaganda campaign to trick you into submitting to a jab. If they attempt to force these untested and essentially experimental vaccinations on you, cite the Nuremberg Code. There's a link to this. Um, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and just copy and paste this into my PDF for today. I'm not going to be able to cover the vaccine issues today, but I will probably in the near future here. Because this also is obviously heavily implicated in it. Um, but the Nuremberg Code states, the voluntary consent of the human subject is essential. Now, we're not getting that with vaccines, ever. They're not showing you the, the insert in the vaccine before they're injecting you. Okay? And with a flu shot or with HPV or with whatever. They're not doing this. So they're violating the Nuremberg Code right off the bat. Okay, no experimental vaccine should be conducted where there is a prior reason to believe that death or disabling injury will occur, except perhaps in those experiments where the experimental physicians also serve as subjects. Well, that's, that's absolutely, yeah. Okay, physicians and nurses too, you, you, need, to, you need to take, if you're going to give it to me, you take it first. You know, you do it first. And that, that we know, we, we know that, that you're really serious about this. Experimentation. The U.S. military's covert operations broke that code secretly and almost immediately, and did so to its own citizens, no less. Is it any wonder that the chemtrails now blanketing our skies are being purposefully overlooked by a tyrannical government bent on soft-killing its own citizens once again? And again, you know, with the, with the chemtrails, we know there's, there's barium, there's, uh, nanoparticles of, of aluminum, ethylene dibromide which is an additive in gasoline and, and, and who knows what else you know in the chemtrails and again they're violating the nuremberg code every and they're experimenting on the population every single time that they're doing this stuff it's all highly beyond unethical it's murderous it's illegal it's just it's purely satanic and, and so, again, this is why it's important to get the masses educated to hopefully maybe reach a critical mass, to put a lot of prayer behind this stuff so that this wickedness is exposed. And um, it's, 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 it's not hidden in darkness anymore. Biological warfare? What do they expect me to do about it? So they show these two guys in this training film where he's saying, biological warfare, what do they expect me to do about it? It's not my headache. You had better find out the facts about biological warfare or BW. It can be aimed. Okay. You better get the facts about it. This was released in 1952 and they didn't release it to the populace. So how are they ever going to get educated on it? Unless they, they, you know, were doing their own research and stumbled upon this. Found out about this stuff. At you and your home. Or at work. At your food crop. John Bound for Infowars.com. And again, they were doing this to us, and they're like, "You better get educated about us because you got to." They should be saying because we're doing it to you right now. But you know, you you're never going to know about it because we're never going to tell you. So how are you going to get educated? You know, it's pretty um, satanically ironic there. All right, now let's go further here, um, and I don't think I'm going to be able to cover this. No. I'm going to go ahead and end part two here, and I will try to finish up in the next part here. So God bless you, and see you in part three.